Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. to wait a little bit because the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle conversation was going crazy before we hopped on the mic. <laughs> it was going nuts. It started and we had the intro. It was our time to hop on the mic. Wes was finishing up his thoughts and sometimes you'll do that, yeah. but you were finishing up your thoughts big time with Colin. You yeah. both were reminiscing on Ninja Turtles. Me and Colin are 90s kids, 80s baby. You were talking about all sorts of video games regarding the Ninja Turtles. I talked a little bit about one game that I had back Back in the day, you said, excuse his young ass when referring to <laughs> Fiddy, who did not know about the video games back yeah, and in the day. But the thing was, he said it was such disdain when we started. He's like, you play Ninja Turtle game? I said, he don't know. He don't yeah. know. He doesn't know about the classic four player at the arcade. He doesn't know about that game. That was one of the most fire uh, arcade games ever. And it still is because when you go into the adult arcades now, pretty much all of them have that game. Well, Wes, when you get so disgusted, you're not even going to entertain the conversation. <laughs> Your go-to line is, don't you ever. Yeah, don't ever. Don't, don't ever. ever. Don't, don't ever. ever diss the turtle. Because, it, it, so this is <laughs> Fiddy's line, trying to be the hater that is just so yes. ingrained in his DNA. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm sorry, I didn't play games with sewage rats. In yeah. It. And then you said, don't ever. Yeah. I imagine a lot of people feel the same way yeah, on the man. text line. Don't you ever uh, disrespect the turtles like that, man? Oh, sewage rats. Yeah, sewage rats. <laughs> it was, you were disgusted even having that conversation Coming from a man you. that watched High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> just... <laughs> Did you have now that would be interesting. Did you have the Zach Efron action figure right. from high school musical or did you just watch the movie? No, I just watched the movies and um I read the book. Yeah, see that's There's a saying. book? There's a book. I never even knew that. I had a convo about this with my girlfriend the other day, and she was a big High School Musical fan. I did not know there was a book. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a movie, a Disney, co- uh, uh, an original movie, a Disney OG. That's all I thought. I, yeah, I think now that you say that, that refreshed me, and then I do remember the Fox show, and that's what I remember. All right, so we're off and rolling. It's a football Friday. It's a Ninja Turtle Friday here on Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Let's pull up to the scene. Let's talk about the Panthers game against the Seahawks this weekend. Go ahead, Fiddy. Open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! A lot of angry people at Fiddy for dissing the Ninja Turtles the way he did. I, I knew it was going to happen. As soon as we opened up the show with that, I knew. The text line is about to be coming at Fiddy as well. As they should, as and they I should. welcome it all. All right, so let's talk about Bryce Young. 
we guessed this yesterday, Wes, it looked more and more so that Bryce Young was not going to suit up against Seattle. And now the team announced Bryce Young is not expected to play on Sunday against the Seahawks. And Andy Dalton is taking questions <laughs> at the podium. What do you make of Bryce Young? Probably not officially, but probably not suiting up in his third ever NFL game. Man. I'm just sitting here just trying to think about the different scenarios. Growing up in this town, you know, I talk about the Queen City magic theory a lot. And I'm just like, man, what if Andy Dalton comes in there and plays great and then we have a controversy and all types of wild stuff. But I don't think he's going to play. Obviously, it seems like he's not going to play. And, uh, yeah, this could open up the door to add a whole nother element to this season that we did not foresee when it started. So the Panthers don't expect Young to miss more than a game, maybe two, which is good news. So Bryce Young is going to be healthy enough to come back, hopefully after just one game or two that he might miss. And Andy Dalton, he's going to be the guy it looks like against Seattle. You talked about that. If he goes and he plays well against the Seahawks, then we're going to have this conversation about Andy Dalton being the guy that gives the Carolina Panthers the best chance to win. I do want to talk a little more later on in the show about there being a scenario where you might sit Bryce Young if the offensive line doesn't get any better and the wide receivers don't get any better. But the good news is, Wes, everybody can see that the wide receivers aren't really getting open. Everyone knows that the offensive line has not been good. Really... After Atlanta, it was awful against New Orleans, but in the second half against Atlanta, they allowed pressure as well. As much as we thought they were okay in the first half, did an admirable job. Yeah, fourth quarter was rough. Fourth quarter was rough, and that was throwing time for Bryce Young and the Panthers. It, if those guys, if those units don't get any better, I saw Bomani Jones put this out there. Like, serious question, why would you continue to play him if that's the case? Do you continue to put Bryce Young out there in bad situations? And that's always been my kickback on anybody who thought Andy Dalton should start at first. I thought this was a situation that was advantageous enough for him to come in, be behind an offensive line that performed well last year. The wide receiver core, while not great, I thought it was good enough for you to get a true evaluation of Bryce Young. But if it continues like this, let's say Bryce Young comes back, whether Andy Dalton wins or not, Bryce Young comes back, he's the starter. Three games in, we don't see a lot of improvement from the wide receivers or the offensive line. Is there a legitimate conversation to be had where, okay, it's not because of Bryce playing poorly. It's because nobody else is playing well around him, and we don't want to rattle his confidence in that way. Is there a legitimate argument to be had on that side of things? Um, I've never been a big believer in that. I feel like sports is about adversity. Now, if you feel like that he's out there and it's impossible to protect him, then I think there's something to be made of that. If you get him out there and guys are just constantly getting through, he's constantly getting hit and things of that nature, then I think maybe you look at some things, but I've always been a firm believer, especially in sports, man. Like I said, these aren't children. Put them out there, let them learn the lessons, get that adversity in because it will build those calluses for later in their career. And I know we have examples like a David Carr back in the day where he was never quite the same quarterback after what happened to him those first couple of seasons in Houston. And guys have different makeups, but I'd like to think that Bryce Young has the uh, football character to where he can weather through adversity, come out on the other side and take the lessons to be learned from it. So I think even if you, you get him out there and play him, it's like, okay, what? this is pro football. This is football in general. And then you're like, oh, I want to... Like you said, Bomani said, why would you continue to play him? And it's like, okay, what are you going to do? Take him out because I don't want him to get hurt. It's football. 
Well, it's just about the situation around him not being great. I, I get it, but I mean, what, the Texans going to take out C.J. Stroud? He's been sacked more than anybody. With oh, but, the, but he's been – but that that's the thing, though, right? Like, the receivers have actually been okay for them. He's been, able, so, to, he's been able to throw, but he's taking some licks, man. He's getting beat up back there, too, and – Richardson in situation is not going to be perfect. I mean, there's been a lot of number one picks that have gotten they a whip in their rookie year because their O-line wasn't where it needed to be, and they got through it and ended up becoming stars. But, but yes, I I guess that's true. I, I do think that. I just don't also, like that. Uh, there's also examples to the contrary. I don't think it's a crazy thing to bring up. It's like, not crazy, was, no. Because especially if we are bringing up David Carr, that's mm-hmm. the guy. How much could have been saved? We don't know. But how much could he have been saved if he just wasn't thrown to the wolves? <laughs> yeah, you got less than average Joes out there blocking for you every single snap. Good luck. Yeah, it's probably going to hinder what he can do out there on the football field. And that's exactly what they – I bring this up all the time. It's exactly what they did with Jared Goff in L.A. Man, that offensive line was awful. Their offense was terrible. That's why they go ahead and start Case Keenum. And Jared Goff starts like the last five games. Doesn't look good, by the way. But we th- the reason I was never in favor of that with mm-hmm. Bryce ever mm-hmm. was because I thought this situation was conducive to them winning mm-hmm. and also him looking okay. But if this all gets flipped on its head, then I think that is much more of a conversation we need to have. I'm not saying we do it now. Yes. Andy Dalton comes in against Seattle. We'll see what happens there. Hopefully they play better. Yes, even with Andy Dalton at QB. And then Bryce Young comes back, and hopefully they play better from then on. But if they don't, if we get three, four more weeks, however long, but enough that you're still talking about somewhere in the midpoint of the season, is that the point where you're like, look, this is a time where we just need to have Bryce Young saved. I, I yeah, I, I get it though. Like, now, do I don't you have a type? Either. Do you have a type for if you want that scenario to happen? Because, and I'm not saying by any means you're getting caught up on the size thing, but I'm just saying if Bryce was six six two forty five, would you feel like that? Not at all. I just wanted to know. No, no, you're good. It's a fine question. Not at all. I actually size had nothing to do with this. Yeah. This is all about. It's all about developing the quarterback the right way. Right, right. right. And, and and so if you're developing a if you think developing a quarterback the right way means leaving them out there for the Wolves to go after where like if offensive line play is bad, okay, you can learn to deal with that and try to play and try to still go to your first read or whatever. But if the offensive line is so poor where you're running for your life constantly and you're not picking up on real football things, mm-hmm. you know, like remember we can go to Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The offensive line was so poor, there's no way we can truly evaluate how good Pat Mahomes was against Tampa. And we know that guy is an amazing QB. Mm-hmm. But even with the bad offensive line that's allowing pressure at an alarming rate, there's just no way that we can really uplift him and develop him into a number one QB at this point. And so maybe it's just better to – I'm just – And then also, too, thinking off of that, I would ask, okay, so what if you're a franchise that you know, the competency isn't where you want it to be? What happens in year two if the offensive line doesn't get that much better? Would you then say again, like, okay, in the second year, I'm going to take him out because it's too dangerous? You're talking about his second season in the league. If, it if his second season, if the offensive line didn't get much better, then would you still be like, all right, man, I, I got to protect you? Yeah, that's probably that's probably where you still got to put him out there. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like, just, all right, baby, you just got to. <laughs> well, well th- I only do it because I love you. Well, no, that would, that would all be that would all be on the front office. It would uh-huh. be, okay, you brought him out because you didn't think you had done enough in the previous offseason. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it again, then that's that's straight up malpractice at that point. 
if you put out the same offensive line, you get the same results. You put a different offensive li- line out there, but you get the same results. Mm-hmm. And that's straight up front office malpractice where they should be fired as soon as you see any kind of trend happening the same as it was the year gotcha. before. So that would be real bad. Last thing real quickly. There are people trying to figure out what play specifically Bryce Young got hurt on. There was one play in the third quarter people are kind of pointing to. Thomas Brown said in his media availability that Bryce Young got hurt sometime in the first half. Don't know exactly still when Bryce Young got hurt, but if Bryce Young, you know, let's say he's like 75%, maybe something like that, 80%. I wonder if we were really going after a playoff spot and you thought Bryce Young was the guy that was the best QB to give you a, a chance to win. You'd probably still throw him out there. I'm not here with the conspiracy. I think Bryce Young is absolutely hurt. I think the dude is injured. Mm-hmm. I also think this is a time where Carolina says he's not 100%. He's going to go on the road. He's been beaten up the last couple of games. We're going to give him a rest and then put him out there at 100% to make sure everything around him is as good as it possibly can be. Even if I don't believe in the conspiracy, Bryce Young, to me, is absolutely hurt. I do think Carolina is playing this cautious, and in my opinion, exactly like they should. They should be playing it cautious with their number one overall pick. Yeah, and see, I like what the the caller said on the text line. The texter said on the text line, 704 uh, number said, with the battle line, you focus on running the ball, get a quarterback the easiest job possible. Both of these guards are seven in right now, or better run blockers than they are pass blockers, play to their strengths. I think you take the Atlanta method, run the ball, Try to set a goal for yourself at least 30-plus runs or more. And so uh, I would I would do that, man. Just run the hell out of the ball, play action, throw it when you need to, uh, try to mix it up every now and again and throw on first down and things of that nature. But I think that's another way you can protect your quarterback is to run the football a ton. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I do think that. You're, you're even saying with his being like 80% healthy, you'd still put him out there or – yeah, I mean, I, oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about, like, all right, if 80% or just, I don't know. What Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying Bryce Young, to me, is not 100%. Yes. And while I don't believe in the conspiracy, I think you were still talking about the, oh, like, yes, how to protect I was the, it. Yes, yes, yes. So, so no, you're good. My question to you is, do you think Carolina is playing this correctly? If Bryce Young, in a different circumstance, I think he'd probably play. But earlier in the season, Bryce Young... Not 100%. He's been beaten up the first two games. He's about to play his first West Coast road trip game. Maybe this is the time where you give him a breather. Andy Dalton goes in because Bryce Young is not 100%. I feel like Carolina is being cautious with Bryce Young, but I think it's absolutely justified that they're being cautious with Bryce Young. Yeah. And I just didn't know if you thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think for sure with the injuries and stuff like that, you got to protect them. So I'm with you on that. No, good. All right. Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Let's go to the game day dubs. Coming up next, it's Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you sharing your time with us. We'll be with you until 3 p.m. Kyle Bailey will uh, Kyle Bailey will take you the rest of the way. I don't know why I put a P on his last name, but it's Kyle Bailey for those of you that don't know. He'll be with you from 3 to 6 p.m. here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And it's time to go to a segment we launched this football season, the game day dubs going into the weekend since the letter W has infiltrated this show like no other letter has Wes Walker WFNZ we decided to ask who what where when why for each of these Carolina Panthers games that we get to going into the weekend and as always Wes let's start with the who if you look at injury reports for the Carolina Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks pretty extensive list Panthers you have more long-term injuries Seattle they just got a bunch of names on the injury report Charles Cross, Will Disley, D.K. Metcalf, Kobe Bryant, cornerback, different Kobe Bryant, Julian Love, Jaron Reed, Tariq Woolen, Quadre Diggs, I'm not done, Damian Lewis, Jordan Brooks, Phil Haynes. All of those players did not practice yesterday. Not limited participants, but they, none of them, none of them participated. Now, Jordan Brooks... It was his, uh, he was a resting player, but everything else, everybody else is suffering an injury. So with all those names on the injury report, Wes, and you look at the Carolina Panthers, we know about their injuries that they've suffered. You can pick from either team. What do you think is the biggest injury that either one of these teams have suffered? Man, goodness gracious. Um, hmm. I think the low hanging fruit would be Bryce Young, obviously. But uh, I'm going to go with my own selfish reasons here, and I'm going to go with DK Metcalf if he is not able to go because he's on my fantasy team. But also going to go with DK Metcalf because uh, he's a big receiver. We're talking about Carolina not having J.C. Horn. We know the the matchup that happened up in Seattle last year and the fact that uh, J.C. Horn has been the bigger corner, being able to step up and be able to guard a guy like that. And I think that hurts Seattle uh, a ton because we know Geno, and this is a team that likes to throw it all over the yard. We spoke yesterday about how Kenneth Walker the third hasn't gotten off quite yet as far as having that big game that people are looking for from him. Seattle likes to throw the rock. Missing a guy like DK Metcalf is certainly uh, going to hurt in an offensive league. Part of me wants to go with Charles Cross. An offensive tackle that was in that same class where Icky was taken sixth overall by the Carolina Panthers. But they won the game that he didn't play. So he has turf toe. He's week to week right now. That's what he's listed currently. I do think Charles Cross against a hopefully healthy Brian Burns, who's also dealing with an injury right now. Mm -hmm. You would think Brian healthy would be able to take advantage of what is an injured left tackle for that Seattle offensive line. 
I think that would be a pretty big injury. But I can't help with, you know, J.C. Horn seems to be the guy for me, Wes. I think J.C.'s the guy. So if D.K. Metcalf plays, I think you're right. It's going to hurt the Carolina Panthers or it, it, it's going to hurt Seattle if he doesn't. It's going to hurt Carolina if he does. But J.C. Horn had a nice game against D.K. Metcalf last year. And without that big-bodied cornerback, even as we talk about the lack of separation for the top receivers in the league, there's actually some big names up there. Even if even if they're not getting separation, they're still being productive. D.K. Metcalf is going to be a big enough body where he can box out C.J. Henderson. Certainly can do that against the much smaller Dante Jackson if those guys are lined up against one another. So not having J.C. for this game in a passing attack that you are very scared of with Geno Smith, with Tyler Lockett, with a healthy DK Metcalf, JC Horn in this one, I think is going to be a big deal. Yeah, this is the first kind of, I do like Derek Carr, obviously, but Geno Smith, we know the year that he came off of last year, still looks to be putting up guarding numbers this year. This is a passing game that's really going to test you because New Orleans, they they tested the Panthers in some ways, but their offensive line, a little limited. So they tried to make sure that they ran the ball uh, efficiently and tried to run it often. And so when you talk about the Seattle Seahawks, their main objective is going to be able to or trying to move the ball through the air. So, yeah, I can agree with you that the J.C. Horn injury for sure is going to show up even more in a game like this. Um, also, Jaron Reed, too, just uh, starting defensive tackle for them. If, the, if that guy knows tackle, if that guy's hurt, then mm-hmm. I wonder if the offensive, the guards, the interior offensive line that has struggled so much, maybe they can get a break if they're not going up against somebody that they clearly value. That guy is as tough as a boiled owl, though. Like He's going to be on the football field on Sunday, right? Was that the player? I'm pretty sure that was him who Steve Rabel said was tough as a boiled owl. For those that don't know, what a you, phrase. You can go check that interview out on our website, WFNZ.com, Wesson Walker tab. We had the Seattle Seahawks play-by-play announcer, Steve Rabel, who said, I guess it was Jaron Reed. He said Jaron Reed was as tough as a boiled owl, which we got to look that up. I tried to, and I'm doing it right now, and I tried to yesterday because I happen to really like owls. I do, too. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. a hoot. I like it. Damn it. I, I like it. That's good. The first like phrase it. that comes up, though, is drunk as a boiled owl. <laughs> I like that better, though. Drunk as a boiled owl. I just don't know. I guess you're tough if you're a boiled owl and, owl and you live to tell about it. I can't wait till Eric Collins works that into his lexicon during this upcoming Hornet season. He's got something crazier than that. So I see here it says, where did the phrase boiled as an owl come from? And he said, although it sounds unappetizing, the phrase has a fascinating story. 18th century owls were associated with drunkenness and often invoked in the phrase drunk as an owl. So boiled, tough as a boiled owl. He just put a different spin on it. I respect it. <laughs> hey, if you're a play-by-play announcer, then you got to find your thing. Willie found his thing by sounding like Mickey Mouse, and that went viral. Steve Rabel found his thing by saying boiled owls, and they're tough. So I respect it. Let's go to the what. What if Andy Dalton plays well, Wes? Mm. What if Andy Dalton plays well against Seattle? What will happen then? Well, you will have a lot of these fans who were saying yesterday, and we've started to get those that pop up. Already saying that Bryce is not the guy, that Bryce uh, either should be sitting or they shouldn't have drafted him in the first place. And a lot of people will feel validated in that Andy Dalton giving the Panthers a better chance to win. Then we'll have a quarterback controversy because then people will start to bring it to the table again. And, hey, this team has a chance. You're not that far out of the division already, if especially if they win the game. 
and they're like, oh, you're not out of the division, and a couple of division teams take losses, they're going to be like, you got to stick with Andy Dalton because it gives us the best chance. So I think it would just turn into a real mess, uh, a real quarterback controversy, and just something I, I just don't think that the Panthers need. Obviously, they need to win. Obviously, they would want Andy Dalton to play well. But what it would mean if those things happen, it would definitely turn into a miss. Some people have wondered if the offense would look different with Andy Dalton out there at quarterback. Thomas Brown addressed that during his media availability. Here's what he had to say. The difference would end up being just with him being an experienced quarterback, uh, having a ton of reps. I've planned his opponent before in the past. I may be giving him some more insight onto what he likes to be called in the game when it comes to some of the drawback pass game, play action pass from that inventory standpoint. But we'll keep the, the core of our offense together. What do you think of those comments? You think there is going to be any difference? We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but the difference might be that Seattle's defense isn't as good as the first two defenses that Carolina has played. That um, might be the difference. And then even if they run similar stuff, you might be more successful because of all the injuries. By the way, I mean, Tariq Woolen, it, him battling an injury right and now. And Jamal Adams will be back this week. Big deal. So yeah, Jamal Adams, if he's back, that hurts the Panthers. But Tariq Woolen, um, very talented corner. Yeah, it might just be that Seattle's defense, th this was a potential get-right game for Bryce. Potentially, it could have <laughs> been that. But it certainly was a better opportunity for Bryce than what the Saints defense presented. And mm -hmm. so that that's the what-if for me is it doesn't matter. If they lose, criticism for the Panthers. If they win, criticism for the Panthers. I... This is going to be a no-win situation, in my opinion, from the fan base because all hell is going to break loose either way. Yeah, I think that the offense is not going to change much. Andy Dalton at his core is a drop-back passer, so I don't see where the offense would change much at all. You know where Andy Dalton's going to be. We're not talking about Michael Vick here, a guy that's going to be running all over the field and causing a lot of ruckus. Andy Dalton is a statuesque drop-back passer. He's got a little bit of athleticism, but for the most part, if you're a pass rusher, you know where to find him. If you rush correctly, he's going to be back there on his spot. So let's go to the where. Where will we see the biggest offensive improvement from the Carolina Panthers in this game? Some people are saying it's quarterback with Andy Dalton coming in. Some people might look to the wide receivers with some banged up secondary members with Seattle. What say you, Wes? Where is going to be the bit? Where are we going to see the biggest offensive improvement? Uh, I think I'm going to go with offensive line. I think this is a team that they ran the ball fairly effectively uh, against Atlanta, and so I think that when you look at this unit. And I told you about the stat about Bryce Young is up among the top in the league as far as pocket time, around 2.8 seconds he gets to throw the football. And so I think that when you look at this Seattle defense, especially with the injuries that you talked about, uh, this is the defense that looks like they will have some holes in it. And I think that uh, this team is certainly going to try to run the football and this Seattle defense, I mean, nobody is exactly terrified of this crew and what they could bring to the table. They're almost dead last in the NFL when you talk about 31st in yards allowed per game, mm -hmm. uh, 422 to be exact. And so uh, I think this is where the offensive line could make their bones and have uh, a really good game. So some people have, have talked about Seattle and their improvement in the run game. They were a bad running defense last year, and Carolina exploited that all over. And you look at them only allowing 97 yards per game in the first two contests, you also have to look at their two opponents. You're looking at the Rams. <laughs> 
they just traded the running back that played a significant amount of snaps in Cam Akers in that first game against Seattle. Matthew Stafford looks very different from what he looked like last year when a lot of people were guessing he was hurt. And then you go to Detroit. Detroit isn't running the ball a ton. Now, you might think, yeah, they ran it a lot with David Montgomery. Remember, he got hurt in this game. And Jameer Gibbs is not somebody that they're using a lot in between the tackles. They're trying to get him out in space. They're using him in the passing game. My point is they haven't faced running teams yet. Carolina, at their identity, is going to be a running team. I agree with you. I think the offensive line is going to perform better in this game. I think they're going to run block a lot better than what they did against New Orleans. And there's not a pass rusher that I am extremely fearful of in this on the Seattle line. You know, against New Orleans, yeah, you had a good front. Even against Atlanta, Grady Jarrett, he's been the one constant that you had to fear on that defensive line. And he got help both in the secondary and up front alongside him. This Seattle defensive front, I'm not buying in. Only 97 yards per game rushing allowed. Those are against two teams that are not running it a lot. Only two not their sacks. Strong suit. Yep. Only two sacks so far in the season. Th- this You talk about a get-right game. Wes, if the offensive line doesn't perform well against Seattle, that's going to be a bad sign. There are excuses to cling to now. Hey, the offensive line will figure it out because of what they went against the first two weeks. But if they don't perform well against Seattle, all the excuses fly off the window or out the window, right? Like it's it's going to be bad. Let's go to win. When is the right time to lose confidence in this coaching staff that we praised so much this offseason? I'm guessing we're going to get a flood of text saying now is the time. <laughs> Are those people right, Wes? Woo! Um, well, see, it's a little bit skewed because you got a lot of people that believe in the defensive staff because of the way the defense has been playing. So I think they, they kind of like to cut this pie in half. I think the offensive staff, I think it's this game. I think with all the accolades, and there are a lot of smart fans out there who do their research, but with everything we just give gave you, the two sacks, 31st in total defense, this is not a defense that should scare anybody. And so I think at this point, if the offense comes out with Andy Dalton now and you get to see what this offense looks like with two different quarterbacks and it's still not a good-looking unit, then I think this is where the fans are really going to start to get off of the train because, I mean, 31st-ranked defense and you come out and score less than 17, less than 20, to be frank. A defense... This bad, you should score at least 20 points. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you score less than 20, man. Abandon ship. Word to Buster Rhymes and uh, Rampage, the last boy. <laughs> uh, Coward <laughs> said on the text line, midway through next year is my parameters for faith. All right. Got a lot. You know, midway through next year. That's, that's a patient man. That's very different from you saying this game. Some people are saying I'm now. just saying I think no, this game the fans will. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Uh, and Yeah, we have a couple of uh, different texts talking about the time frame here. This one's tough for me. I'm with you on Seattle, but also, you know, Minnesota, because you're, you're changing quarterbacks again, right? Yeah. So, okay, you've got Andy Dalton coming in. I still want the offense to perform better. I've always asked for this team to be a second-half team because it's been so long since we got it until last year. I want that trend to continue. I want this to be a, I'd love to be a both half team. That'd be great. But I really want to finish stronger in the second half than where we started. And that hadn't happened until Steve Wilkes takes over and does a great job. A lot of people still want him here. So if you're looking at, okay, you get past the Vikings, the Lions, the Dolphins, the Dolphins are going to be a real tough matchup. But then Texans, Colts, Bears, if you don't get right in that three game stretch, that's going to be really bad. 
That's three games in a row. <laughs> and that is smack dab. Like you are transitioning to the second half of the schedule at that point until you have the Cowboys right after that. To me, Wes, because I I can't just forget about, you know, Jim Caldwell, Dom Capers. I can't forget. Frank Reich has been a good coach in this league. We've seen it before. It's not the play calling's not great right now. The personnel, I think, is that's why a lot of the pressure is on Scott Fitterer, right? Like you have injuries on the offensive line that make this offense to me not look very good. And you didn't put enough help around him with the wide receiver. So for me, maybe it's the point where we have a little less faith in the front office more so than we do the coaching staff right now. And then if we get to the midpoint way of the season, you're facing other bad teams. I think that's where I start to lose my faith in this collective group of guys coming together and doing what's best for the team. Uh, Me personally, I would say a full season. I'd say if if next year things don't look better, that's when I get off the boat. But Cal Hurd, I'm sorry, man. They're not going to get two off seasons to ramp this up. You don't think so? No, I don't think they get. Oh! Breaking news from Josh Fitty Marlowe. Cheeseburger day. What you got? Part two. I was just going to make it officially official. Bryce Young did not practice today, and he is officially ruled out for official. Sunday's game at Seattle. All right. Official the, tissue. Uh, doesn't change much of the conversation around here. We were operating as if he was not going to play, but now it's official. Bryce Young. For those just joining us, officially ruled out for this game against Seattle. He will not be partaking this weekend. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about plenty more here on Wesson Walker and finish out the hour. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back, folks, to the Weston Walker Show on a Football Friday. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Got all types of football this weekend. Great, great slate of college football coming up. We're going to be talking about that here soon. NFL, Panthers, Seahawks, and the rest of the NFL slate. But also, like every Friday in the fall, baby, you can smell the popcorn, smell the grass, high school football doesn't get any better than that. To talk about that with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, we've got Jack Taylor, sports anchor and reporter for WCCB Charlotte and Bay Hackle Sports. You can follow him on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer, at Jack Taylor TV. And yes, he is the son of Jeff Taylor and also a former disciple of one Walker Mail. He was your intern. So they're out uh, there. Walker, huh? Yeah, man. You got sons out here, man. Fitty, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. West just called me your daddy. Do you like that? I know you 
like that. Yes, I do. I know, Daddy. You do. I shouldn't have sold that so hard. <laughs> Wes, get us on the rails once again. I Zach, how we awesome. doing, man? How's that going? Was that a little strong to call Walker? You know, saying he has sons mm. out here. No, that was a requirement to get the internship, actually, when Thank we started you. out. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And you did a great yeah. job, by the way. Excellent answer. I always knew you were my favorite intern I ever had. <laughs> Ooh, did you have looking fitted to death stare from across the room. Do you have a, a, a good Walker mail story where he was maybe caught lacking, or maybe you said, am I learning the things I need to learn from this guy? I'm not sure if I can make it in this business if I follow in his footsteps. Ooh, that's a tough one. Because let's see, it was it was twenty six, no, twenty nineteen. I want to say summer twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, and uh, always so early in the morning. But the one thing I do remember is when the big three came to town, and Walker, you all know, is this really tall guy. He always kind of towers over people. But when Ice Cube came into the building, oh yeah, he looked like he was a two year old. It was the funniest thing. Oh, because <laughs> I was so excited. Is that what you're meaning? Yeah, yeah, you were so excited. You were I've never I hadn't seen you very like, you know, starstruck ever, but when he walked in the building, it was like a whole different person. You know what? It's so true. And by the way, when Ice Cube walked into the building, Jack, it was funny you were there. We had another intern that wanted to show up, and by the way, that other intern didn't really show up all that much. But when Ice Cube <laughs> came into town, you're damn sure he made he, he was he was going to be there. We also had a couple of other people. Our studio was packed because Ice Cube oh, was yeah. walking into the studio. Never has the studio been more packed or crowded <laughs> than when he walked in. But still, the most famous person I've ever interviewed. Okay. It's tough to beat Ice Cube. Yeah. At least for me. Were you nervous? You know, I actually wasn't nervous. I was just excited. Jack yeah. is not wrong in saying how I was acting. Like, that one, you know how we are with music. No we, doubt. We care about music as much as anything. Yeah. And so getting to interview Ice Cube was real. I wouldn't say I was nervous, but I was very excited to have that. So I like that answer, Jack. I'm accepting of that. Thank you. You're still my favorite intern. <laughs> I, I'll take that. I remember he rode up like four Escalades, too, parking in our tiny parking lot. That was what got me. He came in deep. Our parking lot was more pimped out than it had ever been. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack. Well, you guys, Bay Hackle Sports, your game of the week this week is West Mech at West Charlotte. And listen, you know, I'm Queen City through and through. I remember back in the day in the 90s, the city pretty much belonged to West Charlotte, at least in the early 90s. They were big time, and it looks like they're big time yet again, 4-0 on the season. What do you think about this game tonight? Yeah, I mean, you talked about, you know, the sights and smells of a high school football. You're going to smell the fish frying on Beatty's Ford Road tonight. They got it popping out at West Charlotte. <laughs> and rightfully so, it's the first time they've been able to play at their home stadium in the last four years, mm. which is crazy. They've had to play on the road the last few years under Griner, and they've probably been one of the bigger surprises of this season. Not to them, of course. You know, they've been – they were trying to tell everybody at media day that this was going to happen, but – Two huge wins back-to-back at the last minute over Independence and last week with Mallard Creek. And that was the first time Griner had beaten Mallard Creek in his tenure there. And that's obviously, you know, they're the heavyweights of that conference. They had been for a while. Of course, they've kind of gone on a downward slope, but it's easy to do when you're sitting at the top of the mountain. But West Charlotte, I mean, their quarterback, Katie Smith, is he's really uh, perplexing because his measurables doesn't seem like he should be performing the way that he does. But he goes out there each week and just puts on a clinic of kind of dissecting these different defenses that they're going up against. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a big, big game for the two of them. You know, it's the West Side War. Uh, Griner, when I was talking yesterday, he was like, I want to be known down the road as the only team with a West in front of their name. He, wants, he says he wants to beat them so bad every year 
that there is no more West Mech. They're the only West school in the area. Yeah, and so, uh, Jack, again, on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, you can follow him, Jack Taylor TV, on Twitter. And so on your page, I'm directing them there because you've got an interview with some of West Charlotte's players and Sam Griner. He won a state championship at Harding, which I know I thought I'd never see. And so now he's at West Charlotte. He's doing it there as well. What was the vibe when you went uh, over there to check out what they've got going on? They are, you know, but it's funny. He said they still feel like they have not played a complete game. You know, you think going in 4-0, kind of with these bigger wins, you know, Palisades, Monroe, not teams to sniff at whatsoever. Monroe, I think, is the best two-way team around, and Palisades is up and coming, but they still feel like they haven't put it all on the field the way they want to. And I think that's what kind of separates some of these teams that, you know, think they can do it and some of these teams that actually can get to that point. Griner's had that mindset kind of everywhere he's gone. And so I think that this week, you know, West Mech, they have, they're a perplexing team because when they've, the two teams they've beaten, they have beaten in double-digit fashion, but the teams they've lost to, Olympic and Chambers, they have lost by a margin of 98 to nothing over those two games. So Man. if there's ever a week that West, uh, West Charlotte's going to try to open up their offense and really let loose, I think they're going to really try to prove this week, you know, as they continue their conference play, that they're here and they're not here to mess around. Jack Taylor joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, WCCB and Bay Hackle Sports, talking some high school football. Jack, I guess we're about a month into the season now. I want to ask you, what's your favorite moment? What's the fav- What's your favorite thing that you've seen so far on this young high school football season? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, there's been some obviously big games and big moments. Uh, Nolan Hauser, you know, from Huff, getting the uh, national record for the most field goals made in a, in a high school career. He had that last week. Um, that was really cool to see. I think the uh, the entirety of the Turf King Classic was really cool to watch. Having you know everyone packed Memorial Stadium, they had it in, in Rock Hill last year, but now bringing more games into that stadium and bringing a different vibe to how they want to start off the weekend, you know, the, or the season. Having Thursday night games, Friday games, and Saturday games that was that was really cool to see. And then of course uh, the heavyweight game between Providence and Catholic. The score might not have allowed for what it was supposed to be, but Providence Day and Catholic, uh, getting that game, having to be on ESPN, just the environment for that. Being back in high school football, I was in West Virginia for two and a half years, and they do high school football up there. That's all they do. It's really big. And when I was here in Charlotte, you know, high school football wasn't as, not paid attention to, I want to say, but it wasn't to that scale as to what it is now coming back to the state and seeing how, you know, hyped up the communities are about their specific teams. All right, Jack, I know you also cover the Carolina Panthers. We'll let you fire off a Panthers take. How in the world can the Panthers offense turn this thing around, and do you have confidence that they can do it? I was honestly a big proponent of when we got this schedule released that maybe, honestly, Andy Dalton should have taken some of these games and started them because we knew from the get-go when the schedule was released, that is a brutal first four games for a rookie quarterback, no matter who it is. I mean, two divisional games, then you got the Seahawks as well. I think that it seems like, you know, Bryce Young was holding onto the ball a lot more these last few weeks, whether it's because of what the coaches are trying to instill in him, you know, whether it's these receivers aren't getting open. I think that if there was a chance for the offense to maybe look like it could be opening up, it could be under Andy Dalton, but my concern comes more from on the defense and going up against these Seattle receivers with the way that our defensive backs have looked. I mean, the, the, the New Orleans Saints are nothing to, you know, to look away from, especially a wide receiver, but just the way that I've seen Seattle kind of perform, uh, I, I'm a little concerned about how the defensive backs are going to hold their own. 
All right, Jack. Well, we're definitely going to be watching just like you will. So we'll see how that game turns out. But you can follow him on Twitter at Jack Taylor TV. You've been hearing the voice of Jack Taylor, sports anchor and reporter for WCCB Charlotte and Bay Hackle Sports and disciple of Walker Mail's School of Radio and Broadcast. You did me proud, Jack. I appreciate it. The best performance of a former intern of mine today, for sure. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, man. I wear that badge proudly. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we appreciate the time, and we will see you down the road. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. No doubt. All right, man, that's your uh, high school football meat sandwich right there. Got a little bit of Panthers in there as well. I guess that would have been the tomato or the lettuce or something like that on the sandwich, I guess you could say. But when we come back, (laughs) we're going to go to the campus counter and talk about a plethora of topics, including this gigantic week of college football. That and more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.